from our days of recording in the basement of Kramer Hall to becoming one of the most respected brands in all of student media. You are listening to KCLU Columbia 88.1 FM, a free service of MSA GPC. And welcome, welcome, welcome all on this wonderful sports Saturday to KNC Sports. My name is Kyle Jones. I'm joined by my good friend Cole Tusing, and you are tuning in to KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia, or you might be online at kcou.fm. Either way you listen to us, uh, thanks for tuning in. We got a wonderful show set up for you today. Cole, how you feeling? I'm feeling good right now. We got a lot of sports to talk about. I know A&M is playing Arkansas right now, so we have a lot to talk about there. But before we start the show, I just want to give a big shout-out to my sister. It's her 17th birthday day. It's homecoming weekend as well, so I just want to give a big shout-out to her. And can't wait for whatever college she goes to. And hopefully it's and uh, hopefully she goes to USC and continues the family tradition. Is, is, that where, is that where she's looking at right now? Yes, sir. Nice, nice. Does she know her major yet? Uh, she wants to go into, like, the medical and, like, the surgery. USC's good for that. Um, USC's really good for that. My, uh, my, my, my girlfriend's father went to UCLA, and so he's, he's you know, like, contractually obligated to hate USC. But he's always told me the one good thing that USC has for it is their medical institution because it's right in a really bad area of town. So uh, they're, all their med students get to deal with a lot of, like, you know, violent, like, you know, you know, shooting victims and things like that. So you get good experience. So, hey, USC's probably a good fit for her. Either way, uh, moving on from that, we have a whole host of sporting things to talk about today. Uh, and I can officially declare, I, I'm, I'm not ashamed of saying it, it is sweater weather in Colombia, which, which means quite a few things. Um, first off, it's cold and I love it. Um, second off, it means that playoff baseball is is quickly approaching and is nearly upon us. Football is in full swing now. We got both the NFL and the NCAA really ramping up in its games and things of that nature. And then also uh, something near and dear to your heart, Cole. I know it's one of your favorite sporting times of the year. The NBA is almost upon us once again. And, you know, compounding with that, one of my favorite sports, the NHL is is about to start. So a whole lot of sports seasons starting up, a whole lot of sports seasons getting into gear. And then, of course, baseball season kind of getting to, uh, you know, what, what it's all about, that playoff push and trying to win the World Series. But we're going to talk about all that and more uh, coming up today on KNC Sports. So stay tuned. My mom wanted me to ask you guys to call her. She wants you to tell her more about the internet and why you like it. Tune into Echo Toast, Thursday, midnight to 2 a.m. with DJ Pete. What, what is internet anyway? Internet is uh, that massive computer network. The one that's becoming really big now. Let's all get comfortable and talk about the internet. A new way to use your computer to communicate, have fun, and get instant music.
KCOU would like to thank the School of Missouri Contemporary Ballet for their support. At 110 Orr Street, the School of Missouri Contemporary Ballet offers professionally taught classes in genres ranging from classical ballet to jazz. Right now, for just $30, teens and adults can try unlimited open classes for two weeks. For more information, check them out on Facebook at School of Missouri Contemporary Ballet or on Twitter and Instagram at School of MCB. That's School of MCB. Welcome back to KNC Sports Live here on Sports Saturday on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. My name is Kyle Jones. I'm joined, as always, by Cole Tusing. And, Cole, we've got a uh, an interesting day of college football already in process and a, a whole lot of, you know, games going on, a whole lot of upcoming games. Of course, uh, you know, I, I grew up as a, as a Texan and Maggie, and the Ags are currently up 17-7 to on the on the Razorbacks, about nine minutes left in the second. Uh, the Aggies started that game off in incredible fashion. Um, I, I, I think I, I showed you the clip uh, bef- before we uh, before we came in here today, but uh, a 100-yard kickoff return, goal line to goal line, like it always should be if you're a kick returner. Um, and it's, it started off that way, and really the Ags have not slowed down at all. They're currently driving. And I we were talking we were talking before the show, at least I was, about Kellen Mond, the uh, the Aggie quarterback, who has really been doing incredibly well. I, I kind of ran through his stat line for you uh, while we were just kind of hanging around, but I want to I want to you know kind of divulge it to everyone else. Uh, last season, as a true freshman, he uh, he started. Um, I think it was. Was it eight straight games? I want to say it was eight straight games he started, uh, and the Aggies went five and three in that stretch. Um, of course, one of those eight games I know was Alabama, so that's like you know that's a guaranteed loss pretty much unless you're Johnny Manziel. Um, so you know you, you can almost discount that on a loss because he also played um, you know from from what I saw in his stat line he played very well. Uh, but I'm just gonna run through a few numbers. Um, Last season, Kellamon had 117 completions on 227 attempts for 1375. Had a 51% completion rate. Uh, yards, uh, he averaged 6.06 on yards per attempt with his longest being an 81-yard pass. Eight touchdowns on six interceptions, sacked 19 times. I mean, that's, you know, frankly, that's, that's, that's some pretty good stuff. And I don't think that Stidham is getting enough. Not Stidham. I don't think that Kellen Mond is getting enough credit. I, I said Stidham because because we're we're looking through through good SEC quarterbacks right now on the on the computer. I just saw I just saw Jared Stidham, so that's that's why his name comes up. Um, but this season, uh, Mond's gone seventy two for one twenty two for a thousand twenty yards, fifty nine percent completions, uh, eight point three six yards per attempt. His longest uh, sixty nine yarder. Seven touchdowns, two interceptions. He's only played what, like, I guess one, two, three, five games now, right? So he he's already he's already surpassed last season's totals, um, and he's he's only played about half the games. So do you think that Kellen Mond should be getting more credit? I definitely think so. I mean, you look at AM's schedule so far. They played Clemson earlier and. 
I know you had your rant about saying A&M should have beaten Clemson off that game. And then recently last week they played Alabama. I do think Kellen definitely should be getting enough credit, especially in the beginning of the season. He wasn't even named a starter quarterback in, for A&M. So I think he definitely should be getting more credit. Where I would rank him in the SEC, I don't know because you look at guys like Drew Locke. You have Tua from Alabama. You have Jared Stidham. You have Jake Fromm. Maybe I think you he, put him above Jared Stidham. I don't know, I, though. I'd put him above Jake Fromm. I don't know if I'd put him above Stidham. Jake Fromm had a terrible game against Missouri. Um, honestly, from what I saw when the when the Bulldogs came and played Mizzou, Jake Fromm is not the best quarterback. Um, and, uh, the truth be told, that really bumped up Drew Locke's stock a whole a whole lot, right? Jake Fromm looking bad made, made Drew look very good. Uh, the fact that the Tigers' offense stayed in that game pretty much the whole time and Drew was really only the only thing that let Drew down was the fact that his receivers couldn't hold on to the ball. I mean, he was throwing great passes. He was, you know, he was finding the guys he needed to. Had, you know, had had Alvaro Cuebanom held on to the ball during that first possession, there wouldn't have been a scoop and sco- score. Had Jonathan Johnson not allowed the ball to ping pong off of his helmet into the hands of a Georgia defender, there wouldn't have been an interception on Drew Locke's record for that game. Drew played very well. Jake Fromm didn't play that good. And for that reason, I would put Kellen Mond over, over Jake Fromm. Kellen Mond today... Four for seven for 52 yards, averaging 7.4 throw. We're only in the second quarter, so four for seven is pretty good, honestly. Has had one interception, and uh, you can kind of, you you can kind of chalk that up to him. He did underthrow his receiver, but that's still it's, it's one interception um, on on five completions on eight throws. So he's he's doing very well. 79 yards uh, now. He that that tail just got updated. He's now at 79 yards. Averaging 9.9. I think Kellen Mond, I would rank him top five in the SEC right now. First, I would rank, I would do this rank, this would be my ranking. So, number one, I would put Tua from Alabama. Yep. It's Alabama. Number two, I would put Drew Locke from Mizzou. Number three, I would put Jared Stidham, probably four, Jake Fromm, even though he had one bad game against Mizzou. And then number five, I would put Kellen Mond from AM. I put, I put Kellen Mond at four and Jake Fromm at five. Um, because cause not only can Kellamon throw it, he's also a dual threat. Uh, just today alone, he's had three carries for 16 yards, averaging five and a half, 5.3 per carry, excuse me, longest being 12. He's a good dual threat guy, um, and that's something that not a lot of teams give him credit for. So I, I think, you know, j- just from that alone, he's, 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 you know, on both in the air and on the ground, he can really get stuff done. Uh, but that's enough, that's enough talking about Texas A&M. Uh, let's kind of run through a couple of, other scores in the college football world. Alabama, with about seven and a half left in the second, is absolutely annihilating Louisiana. If, if you were putting money on this game, I hope you had it on Alabama covering the spread because it's 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 going to happen. Let's let's see what was the spread in this game. Scores currently forty-two to nothing in favor of the Tide, um, and Alabama is favored forty-eight and a half. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I think they're they're gonna probably get that. So um, yeah, if you if you bet on Alabama this week, uh, don't don't worry too much. I think they're gonna cover the spread. Heck, with 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 all, with seven and a half, and you're already up forty two to nothing. I mean, unless something unless something insane happens, I think you know, at this point in the season, it's time to really 
get confidence in your starters. Alabama's going to start, you know, rolling into conference play after this week. I think it's time for Saban to really pull the dagger out and really, you know, step on the jugular of the Raging Cajuns. Honestly, I think he needs to lead the starters in longer than usual. I think Jalen Hurts can only benefit from more successful reps against a team like Louisiana Lafayette, where his his chance for success is very high, right? I mean, honestly, this this game could get to 100 points. It definitely could, but you have to remember, like, given Jalen Hurts, or even two, I guess, but Jalen Hurts, more reps, it caused the risk of injury, so well, you kind of hope that. Well, see, with with Jalen Hurts, if you, if you if he gets injured, well, then put in Tua, you know, right? Tua is Tua is just as good, maybe even better. Um, if you if you flip those two two guys around enough, right, just get a good get a good two two back system running. Um, Saban's gonna have himself a force. He already has a force. This team's gonna go undefeated and win the national championship this year. I've already like. I've already decided that. Unless, unless you know, hell freezes over and mountains move to stop them, Alabama is winning the national championship this year. They're, they're, they're going undefeated, right? They're, they've already beaten Louisiana Lafayette. It's not even halftime. They're going to beat Arkansas next week, even if it's in favor. Arkansas sucks. Missouri is, you know, uh, we, we love our Tigers here, but they're not going to beat Bama. I can guarantee in you Tuscaloosa that. Especially. In Especially in Tuscaloosa. Then they go on the road against Tennessee. Tennessee sucks. Their only real, their only real, you know, competition for the rest of the season. They play LSU in Death Valley, so that's a little bit of a problem. But I think they'll handle it. And then the the last game, of the, the last game of the season, of course, as, as tradition holds it, the Iron Bowl against Auburn. You never know what's going to happen there. But they're playing in Tuscaloosa. So the the odds of a kick six and the, you know the miracle that happened a couple of years ago are extremely low. I think that I think the Crimson Tide go undefeated this season, and you know obviously you go undefeated and you're already number one. You're gonna be vaulted, you know, into the college football playoff. There's there's no questions asked there. Um, and I think once they get there, that you know who are they gonna play in the college football playoff? Clemson. They beat Clemson already, like last year. You know, like I see no way. Um, in which the the Crimson Tide don't pull off a perfect season. I just I it's that's just me. I think it just depends on what the other conferences are looking like. For example, if you look at what other conferences are looking like for the for the college football playoff, Stanford's leading the way in the Pac-12. Do I think they're going to hold on to it? Maybe they're but- not even, they're not even ranked in the top four though. They're they're ranked under LSU and OU in the AP. Right, so they may be leading the way in the in the Pac-12, but you know there are three SEC schools who who the AP top 25 is ranked above them. Right, we could honestly see a very similar college football playoff as last season. In fact, that is what we're seeing right now. We have Alabama at number one, Georgia at number two, Clemson number three, and Ohio State at number four. That's literally what we had last year, right? You know the the only the only thing that might happen that might change things is if you know I don't know if, if the voters if the committee if the college football playoff committee decides that like I don't know OU is better than Georgia which they won't you know I think it's crazy that we could potentially have two conference champions in OU and Stanford because honestly I think Stanford holds the Pac-12 so so I think you know. 
Clemson wins the ACC. Bama wins the SEC, as always. Ohio State probably wins the Big Ten, right? So there's there's three conference champions in the playoff, you know, already. We're going to lose Oklahoma, so that's a Big 12 champion now. They're going to win the Big 12. And then Stanford's probably going to win the Pac-12. They're going to be out. We're going to have two conference champions that don't make it again because the SEC is so darn powerful that we're going to have LSU and Georgia actually rank above those teams. That's why I keep saying this. You need to expand the college football playoff to four teams. To, to From four teams to, are you thinking six? To eight. To eight? I agree with that. Because um, that leaves you room for every conference champ. Here, here's what I think we should do. And this is just me. I think that the college football playoff should not necessarily be all about AP rankings and committees and things. We should have conference champions, right? We should have kind of a March Madness style conference champions, right? So every conference in the in, in the in division one. You know? Not just the power five. I'm saying, you know, SEC also include the Mountain West, uh, the Mac, that sort of thing, right? Seed them, obviously. So that's where the rankings come in is in seeding. Right? Have them duke it out and the best conference champion wins. It might prolong the season a little bit. But you know we can we can spruce in those teams into bowl games, right? You could pull on the season, but if you look at it right now, so right now college football season, if you take into account the regular season, <laughs> and then the if let's just say you go to the bowl game, you go all the way college football, the national championship thing, that's about like fifteen games, right? Yeah. So if you reduce it to two games in the regular season, so like if you take out. Two non-conference games. Yeah, that, or take a, out these teams playing cupcake squads, right. and then you, and you get an eight-team college football playoff. Yeah, exactly. Or, or take take out the cupcake squad games, right? And then, I mean, you know, maybe maybe even take off no, take out non-division games, so you only play teams in your division. Then you have room to have that conference championship to have. The, the, each conference champion play in a tournament, and then you can still have bowl games, you know? Plus, and, I think... And if, there, there won't be as many bowl-eligible teams, right? So a bowl game, getting to a bowl game will mean something. Nowadays, it really doesn't. Playing Unless no- you're in, like, at the Cotton Bowl or exactly, something. Exactly, exactly. Playing Northern Iowa in the Go Daddy Bowl means nothing. I could care less about Boise State playing Louisiana Lafayette in the Bahamas Bowl. Who cares? No one watches it. That's why I think if you reduce the schedule to like conference games like you were saying before, then you can really determine what teams are the best in the college football world. Exactly, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, so let's, you know, kind of getting a little bit back on track, so to speak. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple, I'm gonna highlight maybe one or two, uh, one or two more college football scores before we... Move on. Syracuse up on Clemson, thirteen to seven, with five minutes left in the first half. Big moves there. Syracuse can pull that upset. They'd be undefeated, two and zero in the ACC. Ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. watch out for the orange. If you remember, Syracuse did that upset last year, and you bring up Clemson, and recently Kelly Bryant has announced that he is no longer going to be playing for Clemson, and they're going to bring in Trevor Lawrence as their starting QB. Yep. So, so big shakeup down in uh, down in Clemsonville. Yeah, the Tigers gotta be scared there. Orange, are, the Orange are a good team. Tigers need to be very concerned about 
what they are doing. Florida State playing Louisville later on today. Chance for the Seminoles to get back on track. Do I think they will? No. I don't trust either team here, honestly. I don't trust Florida State because the whole coaching situation, Florida State wants the buyout. Florida State wants the coach's head. And Louisville, after Lamar Jackson. They haven't done anything. No. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a short break here. When we come back, we're going to be transitioning from college football to professional football and talking about the NFL. So stay tuned. KCOU would like to thank Cafe Berlin for their support. Check out Cafe Berlin's delicious and diverse brunch menu at CafeBerlinComo.com. Looking for a fun night out in Columbia? Check out Cafe Berlin's live music calendar on their website as well. Thank you, Cafe Berlin, for your continued support of KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM. The Army National Guard is committed to keeping the country safe and our community secure. Composed of hundreds of thousands of citizen soldiers from all walks of life, the Guard is always ready to respond to local or national emergencies. We protect the homeland. We're always there when called upon. And in every state and territory, we stand guard for our communities. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association and this station. And welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU Sports Saturday. Wonderful day we're having so far, running through the sporting world, Cole and I. And uh, Cole, week four of the NFL has already gotten underway with the Rams taking the 38-31 to win over the Vikes on Thursday night, but still plenty of football to be played. Uh, give me some of your, your thoughts on what might happen in this big week of games. Well, I am a Chicago Bears fan through and through, and the Chicago Bears, first of all, are first in the NFC North, which makes me very happy as a Bears fan, and they're playing in Soldier Field against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I think the Bears... Need to win this game to assert your dominance to continue to win the FC North. But you want to know what's very disappointing as a Bears fan that you hear about every Sunday, Monday? The uh, the, the, the the trials and tribulations of Mitch Trubisky? No, but that's that's for later on. But Cleo Mack seems to be getting no respect for a defensive player of the week. I, no- I noticed that. I noticed that he hasn't, been, he hasn't been named defensive player of the week at all, despite being arguably one of, if not the best defensive players in the NFL right now. I mean, just look at look at the guy's numbers. It you know, says it all. Um, but here's my, here's my kind of, I don't want to say, actually, here's my counter-argument to that, right? He doesn't need it. I think Bears fans want recognition because this team has been kind of unrecognized for so long. Everyone's been doubting the Bears. No one gives a crud about the Bears. You know, they haven't been good since the Monsters of Midway, that sort of stuff, right? They're getting good. If you stay good, you'll get noticed, right? So I don't think Khalil Mack needs to be recognized. I think Bears fans want him recognized because Bears fans know that this team is good, and people who watch the Bears and watch football know that this team is good. This defense especially is dangerous, right? 
So, like, yes, it'd be nice for Khalil Mack to be given the award that he is, you know, that he very much deserves, frankly, but he doesn't need it. The Bears team doesn't need it. What they need to do is stay focused on the task at hand and worry more about beating the teams they need to beat rather than winning the awards that Bears fans want them to win, right? Like, there's no doubt. Cleo Mack deserves the Defensive Player of the Week. He probably does. If he keeps up this pace, he'll probably wind up, he'll probably wind up, you know, deserving Defensive Player of the Year if he keeps up on the pace that he's at. But Trubisky needs to improve, right? The offense needs to improve. The defense has it. The defense has it, and you bring up Trubisky, and I'm just say, as a Bears fan, seeing all over that, Bears fans are frustrated that the Bears drafted Trubisky because at the time, Deshaun Watson was available at our pick, but the Bears decided to go with a, a North Carolina quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, and I am not frustrated, and I'm not off the Trubisky offense train yet. But I feel like he has a lot to improve on, and he sometimes overthrows some routes. And you know, we talk about the Bears' offense, and it seems like the Bears' offense still have not grasped how to deal with the running game and Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. So you got to merge that a little better because, like, it seems like on the third and one plays and everything, they're not hand off to Jordan Howard a lot. So I think the offense needs to pick up a little bit. But like you said before, defense has it with Akeem Hicks, who's Extremely underrated, but he's with Cleo Mack. That defense is the best defense in the NFL. Don't forget about Trevathan, man. Dane Trevathan's really good as well. Um, I want to run through some numbers for you for 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 old Mitchell. Um, so you know he came out of he came out of North Carolina, right? He only had one year at North Carolina, not too many snaps, bar- barely any snaps in his career, right? Came in for you know twelve. He actually had, he played in twelve games last season for the Bears. Had 330 attempt, um, attempts, only 196 completions. So that's 59%. Not bad at all. His uh, his attempts per game, 27.5. So you know, on average, he had almost 30 throws a game. Yards last year, 2,193 yards. Average 6.5 per throw, right? Average 182 yards a game. That's not bad at all. Especially for your rookie year. Especially no. for your rookie year. For a guy who, let, let me remind you, didn't expect to be coming in at all. He, you know, he, he, we, we talk about guys like Patrick Mahomes, right? Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs rode the bench last year, learned the playbook, learned how that offense ran, learned the scheme, right? Got ready, got prepared. And then this season, he was prepared to come in. He knew that he was going to come in. He knew that he was going to be ready, right? Mitch Trubisky last season didn't have that luxury. He was he was thrown in there. He didn't think he was going to start. I guarantee you he didn't think he was going to start at the beginning of that season. You know, still learning the playbook, thrown into a situation that he didn't think he'd have to be in, and he did relatively well. I mean, 59.4 completion percentage, that's that's honestly pretty good. Almost 60%, right? That's that's pretty good. Um had he threw seven interceptions over twelve games? I mean, yeah, I mean, interceptions suck. You hate having interceptions, but to only have seven in a season, like that's still pretty good, you know. When you average six and almost six and a half yards per throw, that's pretty good, you know. His longest was seventy. That's good. 
So, you know, he came in having very few snap counts in college, right? So, so he, you know, he hadn't been on the field much since high school, right? He hadn't been in a competitive situation since high school. Had one year in an ACC conference that, frankly, only houses, you know, at the most two good teams, usually only one, right? Sometimes Florida State can hang with Clemson. Recently, it's just been Clemson, right? So he's not playing in a high-caliber conference like the, like the SEC or the Pac-12. He's not playing for some big team like Michigan in the Big Ten. He's playing for North Carolina in a subpar ACC conference that, you know, the only reason they're still considered a Power Five is because Clemson and Florida State wind up staying in the national championship scene every year, right? That's the only reason they're, they're still a Power Five. So Mitchell Trubisky has not had any has not had any true, you know, high quality snaps until he's thrown in a position that he never knew he'd be coming into. And he did well, right? He is still learning. After 15 games in his college in his, in his NFL career, 15 games in his NFL career. It's not even a full season. He has not had a full season of games, right? He is still developing. And the development that you would have seen coming out of North Carolina is currently happening in the NFL. So my thought is, yes, Trubisky needs work, but give him more time. He has not even had a full season's worth of quarterbacking under his belt. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it's way too early to jump off the Trubisky and the Bears train around because he's still up and he's still a very young quarterback. I mean... Like, you could ask, like, oh, what could have been if the Bears drafted Deshaun Watson? But, like, it is what it is. Like, you roll with your guy who you draft. Deshaun's Deshaun's a great quarterback, and we've seen that for the Texans, right? We've seen Deshaun really come out, and, you know, he had that ACL injury. Now he's he's recovering, and he's he's getting back into his groove. And, you know, we'll we'll hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, see that against the Colts this week. Um, Mitch Trubisky, you know, we, we just don't know yet, right? Stick with him. Browns, you know, not Browns, Bears fans, if you're listening, I, I implore to you, stick with your guy. You drafted him for a reason. Let, give him a chance. You know, he hasn't even had a full season's worth of snaps. Give him a darn chance. Because I guarantee you, you know, if things might not look that good right now, give him some time to get experience. He's already, I would argue with you, Better than old Jay Cutler. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. I could take if you Trubisky can, over Jay Cutler any day. If you can live with if you can live with old Jay Cutler for for however many years the Bears had Jay Cutler, because that was a long time, right? It felt like an eternity. If you could accept Jay Cutler as your quarterback for as long as you did, then for the love of God, you can accept Mitch Trubisky for like a season and a half. Like seriously. Moving on from. The Bears and Tampa, I think the Bears are going to win, especially in Soldier Field. They have to. Especially, um, I don't think Fitzmagic is going to work well with Khalil Mack, you, you, so Prince you, of Mokamara. Do, do you think Fitzmagic is over? Oh, I think it's as soon as Fitzmagic steps on Soldier Field and from that Bears defense, I think Bears I, is going to stuff them. I think the power of that defense does really overwhelm the power of Fitzmagic. Um, let's move on from the Bears now. You bring up the Tetsons versus the Colts. You, the Houston fan, 
I think I think we lose this. I think we lose this football game. I think Deshaun plays well, but we lose this football game. And I think in the aftermath, Bill O'Brien is fired. That's what I hope happens. I honestly, I honest to goodness hope we lose this football game. And this is the straw that breaks the Bill O'Brien camel back, right? This needs to be it. Zero and three throughout the season, losing games that you really shouldn't have at home, right? Bill O'Brien has already come out on record, said, hey, I've made coaching decisions that have lost us the games. This is not the first time. How do you lose to the Giants at home? A Giants team that sucks. Like, I'm just going to throw it right out there and say it right now. The New York Giants suck. And the Texans lost to them at home. Right? If I'm not mistaken, Will Fuller went for like, 20 yards on average every catch. He did. Will Fuller put up some numbers, and I know he put up some numbers because I started him on fantasy, and he racked up points for me. That guy did some work. Him and Deshaun. Deshaun did pretty well, right? But the play calling and the schemes and everything that comes down to Bill O'Brien, the clock management, has been terrible. So when Will Fuller is averaging 20 yards a catch, you have... Deshaun Watson, who is having a great game, he had one interception and two touchdowns, so he had a positive one game. You got to pass the Wolf Fuller more. Seriously. Okay, he had five, five receptions for 100 yards and a touchdown. Deshaun had five carries for 36 yards. That's not even counting our running back. That's just Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson with 24 for 40 for 385 yards, two touchdowns, and a singular interception. Right? That's some good numbers. J.J. Watt had three sacks, a forced fumble, and a tackle for loss. That's just J.J. That's not the rest of the defense. Like, how are you losing this football game? You held them scoreless in the third. You only held them to seven in two quarters. Like, when you've got an offense that's actually doing work, right, when Deshaun Watson is doing work, how is it that he isn't scoring his two touchdowns until garbage time? Like, this is just... This has to be down to Bill O'Brien. And it's weird that J.J. Watt played very well, and considering so far every bone in his body is not broken yet. Yeah, I'm really surprised. That, uh, the fact that J.J. Watt is still alive and walking, right? J.J. Watt is still breathing, and his legs work. And this team is not winning. This has to be down to Bill O'Brien because the team is playing objectively well. You know, you look at stats. If you're a statistician, if you're a numbers guy, and you look at the Texans' numbers, on both sides of the ball, individuals are not doing that bad. You know, Deshaun's actually doing relatively well for a guy who's coming off of a season-ending injury, right? He's regaining his footing. Will Fuller, also coming off of injury, not doing bad at all, right? This needs to, there, there needs to be a point Either the Texans need to start winning, and maybe that happens this week against the Colts, and maybe they, you know, maybe the, the Cowboys come to town for week five and the Texans wind up winning that football game. You know, Lord knows, maybe. But I think at some point, unless this team goes on a tear, unless this team goes on a tear and wins like four games straight or something, right, really makes up for the crummy start they're having. The, the uh, management needs to consider firing Bill O'Brien. This team has not had a playoff appearance since he arrived, right? It's been a quarterback carousel 
between injuries and just having, you know, Brock Lobster as your starting quarterback, why would you have Brock Osweiler? Why would you sign him, frankly? You know? So that that debacle happened. We got through it. But, you know, it's it comes a time both both Bill O'Brien and Rick Smith, the GM, I think it's time to consider parting ways with both of them. The, the franchise itself has not invested in an O-line in centuries. Have you noticed this? Now that you bring it up, that is true. Like like, like in the draft and something. Like yeah, they so, don't draft good O-line people. Well, it, Okay, so how much do you know about David Carr? David Carr? Yes, David Not Car- Derek Carr? Not Derek, David. Very little. Okay, so he was he was the, the, the first quarterback the Texans ever had. Do you want to know something interesting about him? What is this? He was a tackle dummy. You want to know why he was a tackle dummy? Uh, Yes. Guess why he was a tackle dummy. Because he played for KU. Well, yes, but also, also. I don't know. That was the only reason I had. there There was no offensive line. Absolutely none. Matt Schaub. Do you remember Matt Schaub? I remember a bit of the Matt Schaub. Do you remember what made him so infamous? The multiple picks that he threw every game? Yes, the multiple pick sixes that he threw every game. Do you know why quarterbacks throw interceptions? Because when the defense is pressed in the middle of the good O-line to protect them, receivers fail the routes. Now say that one more time, the first part. O-line people are unable to cover the defense, and the defense is able to pressure the QB. So what you're saying is interceptions are caused because a quarterback is pressured because of a lack of a quality O-line. Now, why was Brock Osweiler a failure a failure in Houston? Because Houston never invests in a good O-line. Do you see the trend? So, as a Texans fan, do you see, like, they need to draft O-line people from the draft from now on? Or what do you think is the outlook? I, I mean, I, I, I honestly, yes. Because, look, Lamar Miller is a good running back. We know this. Honey, uh, we, have, we, have a great defensive, we have a great defensive set. The only thing that might you know you might need to work on is JJ Watts getting up there in age. Eventually, you're going to have to replace him, either because he he winds up retiring or because he like legit dies on the field because the man pushes himself so darn hard that he will not stop getting injured. Like JJ, you got a girlfriend who like you know cares about you, who you could legitimately have as your wife. So you could feasibly have wife a wife and kids in the near future. Preserve yourself, dang it, right? Um, but but so so the fact is JJ Watt eventually will either hobble off the field and never play again, or he'll retire because it's you know age age is a, you know age is always a factor. So that might be the one thing in the defense that needs replacing. Offensively, Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback. DeAndre Hopkins is a great receiver. Will Fuller's a great receiver. One thing that is missing in that program an offensive line. So honestly, yes, I think they need to just start drafting offensive linemen. Okay, fair enough. So we were talking about this earlier. So. You're thinking that Houston needs to part ways with Bill O'Brien. And Rick should, Smith. Should they bring in Mike D'Antoni? <laughs> no, but <laughs> that would be a great transition into, into talking about the NBA. But uh, I, I, I will say this. I don't know who the Texans could bring in to, uh, to stop the bleeding. I would say you could bring in John Fox, but that would... Hurt the program even more. I agree. I could say we could bring we could bring in Harbaugh, but he's he's having a, an abysmal time at Michigan, and frankly, I don't think he's that good. 
I, I don't know I don't know who you bring in. Um but but they need to bring in someone. I mean depending on how the Patricia era goes in Detroit, right? Depending on how that goes, uh maybe bring in Matt Patricia. But I still don't know that for sure yet. Uh but but you talked about Mike D'Antoni, so we're gonna transition. We're gonna make a quick little switch here into uh into some good NBA talk. So so we're not even gonna take a break. We're just gonna talk about the NBA. What are your uh, what are your pro- preliminary thoughts here on the National Basketball Association? Well, the preseason just wrapped up yesterday. You had two games. You had the Boston Celtics going up against the Charlotte Hornets. Then you had the Sitzers going up against a team in the EuroLeague. So that was interesting. On the Hornets, it was weird to see Tony Parker in a Hornets uniform. That, that's just that's so weird. That makes me feel weird. It's really weird. But I will say this. It was the preseason game, but... Miles Bridges on Charlotte, he had a great few tip slams. I saw he's surprising me so far. I saw um, Philadelphia played a, a team from Melbourne and did really well. Also, if if I'm not mistaken, right? I saw I saw a, a cool little tip slam there from from Philly. Um, am, am I correct in saying that? Yes, you did. You saw Ben Simmons lobbing it to himself. Fultz actually played and put up numbers. So Philadelphia, definitely a team that looked good. Boston also looked good. Gordon Hayward seems to begin back to his old self, which is very promising if you're a Boston Celtic fan and very bad if you're the Toronto Raptors or you're in the Eastern Conference. So you talk about Toronto. They have uh, they have Kawhi now. Is that correct? Yes, they do. So, they what what do you expect with Kawhi? Kawhi Leonard. I'm 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 not I'm not a basketball expert. I will I will wholeheartedly own up to that. I I am not you know preseason basketball is not something I pay attention to. So so, I know you do. So you give me the rundown. All right. So Kawhi Leonard <laughs> brought into Toronto. I did not expect. For, I just want to say this first and foremost. I did not expect him to go to the Toronto Raptors. I expected him to go to the Lakers, just like Boogie Cousins, but. That ended in the worst possible way possible, and I don't want to get my rants out. But the Toronto Raptors trade away DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi, if you remember, he is an amazing defender. I know I, I know, he did a great job for the Spurs. He just had an attitude problem in the end, frankly. So do I think he's a good, good fit for Toronto with Kyle Lowry? No, I... I think since East is weak, I think the Toronto Raptors are still going to make the playoffs. They'll probably be a top-five seed, but I think Toronto and Philadelphia is pretty much, I would say pretty much Boston and Toronto. Boston and Philadelphia are the teams to watch for in the East. So so you do you think it was a bad move to send away DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard? Absolutely. I think you got to hold on to DeRozan, especially since DeRozan's so young and everything, and yeah, you bring in Kawhi with the attitude issue. I, I didn't see why the move makes sense for Toronto. I, I I agree. Like the whole the whole draw that I always enjoyed about the Raptors was this Kyle Lowry to Marjorie Drozen matchup, right? That and they they melt they meshed so well and they were so darn young, right? That's your franchise. You build your team around those guys. You don't go trading one of them away for some blown out, you know, has been like Kawhi. Like he's still good, but He's older, 
And he's only going to get worse. That's what happens when you get older, unless your name is LeBron. Right? It's a stupid move, in my, in my opinion. I want to, you know, I want to, before we take a break, give me your way too early NBA prediction. Who's going to make the NBA Finals and who is going to win? I think it's going to be... That is if Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward can stay healthy. I'm going to go with Boston and out of the West. It's going to be Houston. Really? You think you think the Rockets finally get finally break the curse and finally get past the Warriors? If the Rockets do not miss 27 consecutive three-pointers and Chris Paul does not go down injured, I think the Rockets go to the finals. They they got mellow now, so you got they've got a legitimate chance. We're gonna take a short break, and uh, when we come back, talking baseball and why Cardinals fans should probably be concerned. The shocking statistics are that one in five people in Boone County lives in poverty. Even worse, approximately 250 Columbia children are homeless. The Heart of Missouri United Way fights for solutions to improve lives by supporting 33 local organizations that strengthen the health, education, basic needs, and financial stability of our community. Join the fight today and live united by making your gift at uwheartmo.org slash donate. I'm a champion, real life checks mechanism. Pass killing them for rat. It's not your normal PSA. Don't be stupid. Don't drink and drive. If you're going to go out and have a good time, it's fine. But designate a driver to drive home. Let's stop the madness. Don't drink and drive. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. And welcome back to KNC Sports here on this beautiful sports Saturday on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Cole... Interesting happenings in the world of baseball as we as we push towards the postseason. We've only got about three to four games left, depending on whose team you're rooting for. Um, and it's a, it's a a crazy one. The AL is already locked up. We already know who's going to be where, and all you know this, that, and the other, right? So the question now becomes the NL. Because there's still a legitimate race going on in the National League, not just for wild card spots, but actually for division titles. So let's let's just kind of run through what's going on. Atlanta has already clinched. Like they, they they have clinched the division. They've done all of it. They are they are in. It is decided. So let's shift instead to the Central, where your your beloved Cubbies are still only a game ahead of the Brewers for the division. But they're still in the playoffs. They're still in the playoffs. They, they've clinched playoff. Both teams have clinched playoff spots. That's already decided. It's a matter of who gets NLDS and who gets wild card. Only a one-game difference. Do you see Do you see the, the, the Brewers pulling, pulling the NL Central out from under the Cubbies, or do you think the Cubbies retain? I, As a Cubs fan, I hope that... Cubs train, and I don't know what the Brewers schedule is looking like for the next game, but I do know the Cubs are playing a series against St. Louis, and it's going to be in Wrigley Field, in Wrigleyville. Wrigley Field is a good stand for, especially for postseason play, and... The friendly confines always do the Cubs well. <laughs> so, I think, plus, I think with Cole Hamels being the starting pitcher for the Cubs, and 
He's done great work for the Cubs and everything. Is he and start? Is he starting tonight? Is that correct? Okay, so, so that's probably winnable. This is this is the most important series. I I hope you know for the St. Louis Cardinals. This is one of the most important series that they've ever had in the past about five years. Because this this literally will decide the playoffs. Absolutely, and we want to St. Louis a little bit and. The odds of them getting into the postseason, they either have to beat the Cubs tonight. They actually, have to, they have to sweep the Cubs. They literally have to sweep the Cubs and hope that the Giants do work against the Dodgers. That's that's the only way that the, that the Cardinals can make the postseasons. And I think if they sweep the Cubs, Brewers probably come in and take that division. So we could, in theory, see Cardinals Cubs as the wild card game if if this happens. I think. If the Cardinals make the postseason, and this is a huge if, like this is humongous if, if the Cardinals make the postseason, we will see Cardinals-Cubs as the wild card game because Cardinals will basically have to sweep the Cubs, and then you've got Milwaukee, who's only a game behind the division. Milwaukee's not playing anyone special, if I'm correct. Um, let me let me check their schedule, but I am relatively certain. Yeah, they're playing the Tigers. They're playing the Tigers. It's in Detroit, yeah, but I mean, come on, you know. I so, it's, it's in Milwaukee. They're playing the Tigers at home, so that's, that's some that's some relatively easy wins. If the Cardinals make the playoffs, it's it's gonna be that's the wild card right there. So, do you think the Brewers are gonna beat the Tigers tonight? Oh yeah, for sure. I think I think the Brewers the Brewers probably they might even sweep the Tigers this weekend, um, but. What I'm saying to you right now is that this is this right now is crunch time for for the Cardinals. They have to win. They have to. It is the most important thing that they've done in a very, very, very long time. Not only do they have to beat the Cubs in Wrigley, which that's a test in its own, but that's a big but. They have to hope the Dodgers lose to the Giants today. And this is the San Francisco Giants. It seemed that, like, you know, they, they're middle of the road. 456 their record. They're not going to hit 500 this year. 73 and 87. Go up um, against the Dodgers and Kershaw. Going against the Dodgers and Kershaw, it's, it's going to be... Ah, I mean, I, if you are a Cardinals fan, I said this I said this before the break, if you're a Cardinals fan, you better be praying to whatever higher power you worship because that's what you're going to need. Um, I mean, this is, this is close. Wild card elimination number for the St. Louis Cardinals is one. It is. The magic number is one. So as long as the Dodgers win, it's over. As long as the Cubs win, it's over. Exactly. Well, no, no, the Cubs, Cubs don't, Cubs don't have to worry because they're they're leading in the division. Because they're leading in the division, then it, it, it doesn't matter. But if the Dodgers win, wild card is done for the St. Louis Cardinals. And the Colorado Rockies also making some noise in the NL. They currently were in the wild card going up against the Brewers. Now they're playing against Atlanta in the division. Yeah, yeah, no, they 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 have. They've clinched a playoff spot, so they're another team that actually could could go in. The Dodgers are only a game behind the Rockies for the NL West, so the Dodgers could even pip for the division there. 
There's so much baseball going on this weekend that is so important. You know? This is one of the most important this is the most important weekend, you know, non-postseason in the history of baseball. You have so at least for the NL, you have so many things that could be decided this weekend. We could it, it could come down to the final day. We could feasibly have a singular day of baseball, the last day of the regular season that literally decides everything in this playoff season for the NL. Now moving over to the AL, you bring up before how the AL is all set and everything. Do you think teams, I know you're a big Astros fan, do you think these final games for the Astros and all the other teams in the AL after they are in the postseason, do you think these final games matter? No, they don't. Um, well, actually, for, for, the, for the Astros, it does. Um, and it, it matters for a franchise pride reason. Um, before, the, the, fr- the franchise record for wins, if I'm not mistaken, was 102. I believe it's 102. Um, I can I can confirm that in just a minute. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's 102 wins. Uh, yeah. But anyway, the uh, the kind of big thing is the Rockets actually have a chance to win 103 this year. Yeah, the, 102. The uh, the 1998. Houston Astros, who lost in the uh, NL, NLDS, um, they got 102 wins. It's the it's the best the franchise has ever done. Uh, Stros were one game off last season uh, when, of course, they went went on to uh, win the the World Series. Um, they have a double head. They have a game tonight against Baltimore. Uh, they've got a double header on Sunday, I believe. Um, Due to Friday's, uh, sorry Thursday's match being postponed, so they have more than a chance to get to 103 and you know break that you know break that record. So that is why these games matter. That is why it matters for the Astros. Most other teams, I don't think, have that. the uh, The Red Sox have already set the record for most wins in a season, if I'm not mistaken. Um. Yanks aren't really close to anything. The A's aren't really close to anything. So for everyone else, it it honestly doesn't really matter. But for the Astros, it does. Now, if we're bringing up winning records and anything, the Cubs, they already have a 90-win record. This is the fourth year in a row that the Cubs have had a 90-win season. And I think that's really impressive, I think, considering how a few years ago the Cubs were... No, not, you know, contending for the World Series, not contending for the NL. The Cubs were a joke a couple years ago. Right. And now, a few years later, down the road, Cubs are contending for the World Series with 15 to 1 odds. And I'll take those odds. Meanwhile, the Astros have the second highest odds in the MLB with 7 to 2 odds. I I thought you said 5 to 2. 5 to 2. And no and surprise, the Red Sox, 3-1 to one odds. 3-1, to one, I, I think that's, that's fair enough. The, the Red Sox clearly favorites. I mean, they set the they set the win record this season there. They have a great team. They have multiple multiple MVP candidates on that squad. Like, it's not just multiple MVP candidates in the division or in the AL, right? It's, it's you know, multiple on that squad. Like, this is a great team. At the same time, almost every Astro... Who has who's been playing this season, right? The the one thing I've been hearing 
is that they think they are better than last year. And you can see it, obviously, in the win total. They have a chance to break the win, the, you know, the win record. But, like, just from the way they play, the way they've held through games, the way they, they had a little they had a little slump in the middle of the season where they didn't play that well. They were losing a couple games in a row, and they fought back. Um, the way that they, they handle that sort of thing, plus the injuries they've had to both Correa and Altuve. Springer had a, was hurt at one point. This team has fight, right? So don't sleep on don't sleep on Houston. You know, obviously no one did last season. They, they you know it was it was pretty clear. You know, everyone thought you know man this this Astros team could go all the way. I think you know I think ALCS is probably going to be uh, Astros Red Sox, um, and that's you know that's going to rival the Yankees, the the Yankees Astros uh, series for one of the best ALCS series we've had. In a very, very long time. Right? Sticking to matchups, the ALDS, Red Sox, Yankees. Well, it could be it could be Yan- it could be Red Sox A's. I think the A's well, could pit the Yankees for that. Just imagine the rivalry, Red Sox, Yankees in a playoff matchup. That would be fun. That would be fun. But I honestly think that the A's could win that. They're they've been on a tear. Their moment the momentum is favoring them. Yankees, while a great squad, have kind of been not necessarily falling off, but they slowed down a little bit. A's are red hot. Watch out for Oakland, boys, because they could do something. Also, watch out for, in the NL, watch out for Atlanta, because Acuna Jr. Ronald, is, Ronald Acuna is so, so good. He's so good. I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. I, I, I honestly think that is, a, that is a reasonable assumption. He really could do it. Uh, but that's just about all the time we have uh, have a have a good rest of your weekend. Remember, KNC Sports is uh, live every Tuesday at 8 a.m., so make sure to tune in to us then. Uh, once again, have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the rest of your sports Saturday, and uh, see you on Tuesday. Hi, Columbia. You listen to KCO.